All right, let's go to the first slide. It will be a condensed sermon today. You may not believe me, but it will be. I'll ask for next week. All right, so today uh, is going to be a real community kind of teaching. Baptism when fire meets water. Uh, how many of you have heard teachings on baptism? Why don't you raise your hand? Sat in on teaching of baptism. Good. Many of us have been baptized already. And so, you know, I want to just say that, you know, although I'm teaching on what baptism is, just because you've been baptized, it does not mean that you do not take anything away from today. Right? There's stuff that we still learn of from the experience. And this is really coming out of because quite a few people came up to me and were talking about wanting to be baptized or their children wanting to be baptized. Uh, there's quite a few people out there uh, that were doing this. Uh, so I felt like this is a perfect day for such a uh, teaching since we are having a community barbecue. There's baptism was a very kind of community feel. Uh, so John chapter 3, let's read, 1 through 6. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher, that you have, that you have come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is the flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is the Spirit. Let me go to the next slide, please. So what we have here is that Jesus uh, is saying in John 3, right, that in order to enter into the kingdom of God, one needs to be born of water and also of the Spirit. Uh, and so we're going to be talking about what that process looks like. Uh, there are various scripture verses that talk about being baptized. We will discuss some of them. Uh, but it is a, a, a process. It is something that one does essentially to proclaim to yourself to proclaim to the heavenly throne room and to proclaim to the world that you are choosing now to follow Jesus. It's, it's a physical thing that we do. I mean, just like the Lord's communion. It, it, it's, it's nothing mystical. It's something physical we do to remind ourselves of the community that we have with the Lord, right? And so a baptism is a similar experience. So, all right, let's go to the next slide here. And so here are some of the questions that I was pondering, like, these are probably questions that people discuss uh, when, dis when, when thinking about being baptized or looking at the baptismal process. Number one, what is the meaning of baptism? Number two, well, why do I have to do it? Now, I was already baptized as a baby, so why don't I have to be baptized again? I don't get it. Uh, three, how does one get baptized? And then number four, what is my role in all of this? Whether you've been baptized or not, like, you're like, all right, well, fine, like, so-and-so wants to be baptized, but I was already baptized, so what am I doing here listening to this? What's the point? Oh, that's a question, too. So, here we go. I think many men and women and many denominations have answered these questions throughout the days in, in all different ways. In very fantastical ways, and very sometimes biblical ways, but around here is, what does the Bible have to say about baptism? Like, we have these ideas of what a baptism is. Some of us may be uh, brought up in the Catholic Church. Oh, God, this is what you do when a baby's born, right? You sprinkle some water on them, and then, you know, now they're baptized in the Catholic Church, and that's that. Uh, some of us in Protestantism, with all due respect, we kind of get it wrong sometimes, too. Oh, you know, you be baptized, you, you just do this thing, and, and, and now you're saved. Well, eh, there's a little bit more to it than that. 
So let's, let's take a look, right? Uh, next slide, because we're going through these slides quickly, because there's a lot of them. It's helping me, it actually helps me like roll forward here. Uh, this right here is known as a mikvah pool. Mikvah uh, is found in the book of Leviticus. It is the original foundational teaching of being baptized. Mikvah in English is essentially baptized. But it's not entirely true. In the Hebrew, mikvah means hope. The pool of the baptism, the pool of the immersion in Judaism that is found in the book of Leviticus is a pool of hope. What we find here in the Old Testament is God commanded the nation of Israel, they, they were to ceremonially to wash themselves. When Jesus, the rabbi, the Jewish rabbi, is talking to Nicodemus, the Jewish sage, and he's talking about being born again, and he's talking about baptismal, which is discussed later. It is something that is not foreign to the Jewish mind at the time. They understand what this is. So this is one of the oldest mikvah pools that we found in archaeological evidence. Who knows who went through there? But it's pretty profound. I'm going to go to the next slide. There are various reasons in the Older Testament why you were to be mikvah, why you were to be baptized. One, you did not do it once. You didn't do it once. Now, I have been baptized multiple times. You're like, oh boy, he's getting heretical. I was baptized for salvation at the age of six. But there have been moments in my life where I felt the Holy Spirit saying, you know what, Dave, I want you to undergo another statement of faith, another, another expression to your community that you're choosing to go into another direction, a deeper direction with the Lord. Like, oh, can you do that? Well, it depends if you want to read the whole Bible or just half the Bible. It's up to you. If you want to read the whole Bible, this is what was expected. And so when John the Baptist is saying, be baptized now for repentance, a lot of those guys have been midfoot or baptized in the past for other reasons. Now, I'm not trying to make theology here. You know, you go to the Lord and see what the Lord wants. I mean, come on, we're free. You want to be baptized once, be baptized once. It's, 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 it's just the expression of what the Lord is doing. So, but in the Older Testament, there were various reasons to go through the baptismal, to go through the mikvah. One was for essential spiritual uncleanliness. Uh, two, if you have touched a dead thing. Three, before getting married. And four, undergoing any type of status change. You were commanded to do this. And so now, of course, in the beauty of the Lord and how he functions, the mysteries of the Old Testament are fulfilled in the New Testament. And we see that every one of them are discussed in the New Testament and the explanation of why we are doing what we're doing when we decide to follow Jesus. So, for example, spiritual uncleanliness is beautiful. If you became spiritually unclean because of your sin, you had to go through a ritual purification, which was done in the baptismal pool, before you were allowed to come into the presence of the Lord. Okay? So let's take a look at 1 Peter chapter 3, 21. Next slide, please. This water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The baptismal up there does not save you. The resurrection saves you. Amen? The water itself does not take away the physical dirt. What it's doing here is it's a symbol. 
a revelation to yourself and to others that you are choosing to live a life of newness, of cleanliness. Amen? We go to the next slide. Uh, we, it says here that you are to undergo the ritual cleansing if you have touched a dead thing. Oh, interesting. Romans chapter 6 says something here. Chapter 6, verse 3. I shall be, maybe we'll start in verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. What we have here is when we are being baptized into salvation and baptized by water, we are signifying that we are no longer engaging in living and dwelling with the dead things. We have become a new creation. And the water symbolizes this expression of becoming a new creation. You're putting away the dead sins of the past and walking with the Lord. Uh, the next one, of course, is before getting married. Uh, you were to go through this ritual cleansing. There are so many references of, to being the bride of Messiah that I didn't even put it up there for the sake of time. But, you know, this is a moment where, let's pause here before we get to the real good one. We were dead to sin or we were living in sin and now we've become dead to sin because of the resurrection. And so the Lord is saying in, in, in conjunction with his word that we undergo this ritual cleansing one, spiritually when we accept the Lord, but two, we're doing it as an expression to the community and to ourselves this is what we're choosing to do. Putting action behind a word, if you will. Uh, the last one uh, that I want to talk about is going to be the status change. Anytime you would undergo a status change in the Old Testament, you, uh, a boy became a man. You took on a new trade. Uh, every month, a woman, when she had a status change through her menstruation, she then would go through this ritual cleansing. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Creation, Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Right? You have become a new creation when you accept Jesus as Lord in your life. And now when we undergo the baptismal, it is entering as a sign that just as Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born anew. You must be born again. So what is the representation here? The water is a cleansing you go down as the old man, you come up as the new one. You're being cleansed. It's a sign that the, the dirt and the grime is no longer attached to you. But there's more than that. Nicodemus says, but how are you, you telling me I have to go back into the womb to be born again? Is Jesus is saying, no, you're essentially what you're doing here is you're going in, back into the baptismal pool. The water itself, you need to be born again. So the water up there symbolizes essentially coming out of the womb again. Right? Inside of the womb of the mother is liquid, is water. And so you're going in and coming out of the womb and saying, look, my past is my past. The sinner I was, the addict I was, the womanizer, or whatever you were in the past is over. You have now become a completely new being by passing through these ritual pools yet again. 
What's really powerful is that as Nicodemus says, do you have to go into the womb again? And Jesus says, no, you don't. Uh, the, the Hebrew word for womb is racham. And the Hebrew word for mercy is racham. See, when you walk into the womb, when you walk into the baptismal pool, what are you walking into? To play on words, Jesus is saying. You're not walking into water. You're walking into his mercies as a sign, as a testimony. You have to go into God's womb. You have to go into his mercy. And by going into this pool, it is a sign of that. Amen? Next slide, please. So we get into these questions. And now I want to take a moment and talk about each question as we conclude. Because like I said, it was going to be a quick one today. What is the meaning of baptism? It's very simple. The meaning is that it's a testimony to God, to the world, to the heavenly realm, to the spiritual realm, to yourself, that you're choosing to follow Jesus. You got to do something. Because if you just say it in your heart and no one knows, it's for naught. Right? You need to proclaim it. You need to show it to people. And it fits very well into the culture of the time where it says, you need to be born anew. Be cleansed. And so you know, we need physical things to remind us what the heck is going on in our life. So you're like, oh, it's the 21st century. Do I really have to go through this pool? Well, the Lord is saying you are to do it. So why don't you just do it? You know, kind of thing. When the Lord touches your heart. But it's a sign. I'm no longer that old person. Why do I have to do it? Maybe you did it when you were a child. Well, the one thing is why do you have to do it? Uh, is in Acts chapter 10, verse 48, uh, Peter actually goes to people who just declared the Lord. It, the scripture actually says in Acts chapter 10, Sorry, Acts chapter 10, 48. It says that Peter commanded them to be baptized. See, Jesus is saying, go and be baptized. This isn't something like, uh, I don't feel like it. I'm not going to do it. No. God says, you are to be baptized. Peter himself commands the people, go be baptized. Because it's the physical sign to the community that this is what you're doing. And to yourself. So it's not something like optional. It's like, you are to do it. I'm not saying you're not going to the heavenly... The, the, the pearly white gates if you don't. I'm not playing that game. I'm just saying, God says to do it. You, you do it. But some of you are like, well, I did it as a child. I, I, so, you know, it was already done for me. Um, so why should I do it? So let me go to the next slide. What are the interesting things with the mikvah in the Old Testament is that the water has to be mayim chayim, which is living water. It's not allowed to be stagnant. It's not allowed to be stagnant. It has to be natural water coming from a natural source and the water must be moving. It must be moving because movement has life. I'm not saying if you were baptized in a pool like that one up there because if we do it, we're probably going to do it there. Yeah, it's not moving. I'm not saying that's it but I'm saying there's a spiritual component here. The waters must be alive. And if you got baptized when you were a child and you had no thought to yourself and making a decision yourself, you weren't alive. If you got baptized at a church that was dead, that wasn't preaching repentance, that wasn't repeat, re preaching salvation, this is a church where you just got baptized because you got baptized. The waters were not alive. And so, fine, it suffices. 
But if you want to make a testament to the heavenlies, man, I'm choosing to be baptized in a place where there is life. And a moment in my life when there is life. Not as I was a child when my parents made me do it and I didn't even know because I was like three months old. You have to be, it's a decision that you make. That you decide to do. Amen? Well, how do we do it? Go to the next slide, please. How do we do this? How do we get baptized? How does one get baptized? Like, people make all these crazy things. Well, you know, I really think that uh, we're going to have a baptism class. I'm going to spend several months discussing the importance of baptism. We're going to have a private meeting with the pastor. And we're going to talk about what baptism really means. And after that, after dutiful prayer, we're going to figure out when there is the appropriate baptismal service. Next slide, please. Isn't what the Bible says. Acts 22, 16. And now what are you waiting for? Get up. Be baptized. And wash your sins away, calling on his name. There's no classes. There's no all this premeditation stuff. Do you want to follow Jesus? Yes. Amen. Now what are you waiting for? Go get baptized. Go get baptized. I'm a little bit of a weird dude. I was brought up in a weird way, man. I cut my teeth on weird things, spiritually. I'm in Israel. I call my buddy Teddy. I'm like, Teddy, what's up? He's like, oh, dude, I just picked up a guy who's an Israeli, and we're, we're driving him, and I'm telling him about Yeshua, and I tell him about salvation, and he says he wants to believe. I'm like, dude, that's so awesome. Yeah, so I just led him in the prayer to follow Yeshua, Jesus. That's so cool. What are you doing now? I was telling them about being baptized and there's a river on their side of the road so we're doing it right now. No bathtub. No little thing up there. The guy was hungry. A Jewish man found his Messiah and he's like, whatever it takes, I don't care what it takes, let's do it now. We live in a culture that forces us and tries to make us think about things so long. Look, should you be serious about being baptized? Of course. It should be something that you're just like, oh, I guess I'll just do it. You've got to be thoughtful about it. But what are you waiting for? Get on up and be baptized. It's an expression of your excitement before the Lord. You mean I accept the Lord and I go through this water process and I come up new? I'll be willing to suggest that if you have not been baptized, I'm just going to throw this out there. If you have not been baptized and you're still struggling with your old self, Submit to the Lord, obey His word, be baptized, and see what changes in your life. It's not the water, man. It's the obedience unto the Lord. So I had 70, 68 degrees out. We're going into Chamonix Park. The Delaware River is legitimate right down there. I am not telling you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to think less of you. But if you want to go in... And be baptized. Let's do it. So come talk to me if you really want to do that. We'll just roll right down into the river. All right, we're going to do it. Amen. We're going to do it today. Awesome. Ramon, if you've got a pair of shorts for me at your house, that'd be awesome. If not, it's good. I'm just saying, just you live right there. That's all I'm saying. I'm okay getting in. I'm, I'm pumped. 
So we just do it, man. We, we, you know, we think a little bit too much, but you know, it has to be sincere. You know, we don't whimsically do it, but you know, you know, you know, if you want to serve Jesus, you know, if you want to serve Jesus, let the spirit breathe. What is my role? <laughs> What's my role in this process? Maybe you've been baptized already as a kid or last year or five years ago. Oh, what am I listening to here? You know, what? Man, oh man, oh man. <laughs> if you have a worship team come on up if they're here, I'm not sure. No, we can do a little cello background here. Be cool. What is my role? Well, one is you want your mind to be renewed. One is, all right, you were baptized 20 years ago. Remember that you are dead to sin. Remember what you've done. Remember that you are a new creation. And when sin tries to pop up, you remember that that was the old self. When anxiety comes your way and bad reports come your way about your kids or about this, that, your thing, you say, you know what? That's when I was in the old world. I'm in the new world now. I'm going to believe in the goodness and the righteousness of God. But there's more to it than that. We go to the next slide. Uh, Matthew. Sorry, the next one. Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. So what is your role? Go baptize people. It's not the job of the pastor. It's the job of the saints. Jesus doesn't say to the believers, go tell people about Jesus and then bring them to Peter and Paul and they'll baptize them. You have the power. You have the authority. You have the anointing to share the gospel with people and to baptize them in the power of the fire, of the water, of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to bring them to, to me. You are released to fulfill your calling and destiny as being disciples of Jesus. And a disciple goes out and prays for people and sees people be healed. He proclaims the gospel, but he also baptizes them in the power of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Because you're saints. Because you're sons and daughters. Because you're going to be judging nations one day. So you have the power to do it. So go do it. Go make disciples. Go make disciples. And ending up here, Luke chapter 3, verse 16. We go to the last slide. In Luke, John says, I, John the Baptist, am going to baptize you in water. But one who is coming that is even greater than I, whose sandals I am not even fit to tie, that being Jesus. And He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. We've had teachings on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've done that. And now we've had a teaching on the baptism of water. But I feel like the Lord was just saying, what happens when lava hits the water? When lava hits water, it rapidly cools into a very, very hard rock. 
And so what happens when Holy Ghost, spiritual fervor inside of you, meets the waters of redemption, meets the waters of the baptismal pool, what should happen here is the expression of the rock of your salvation should be in your life. You have Holy Spirit in your life or you have water in your life. If you bring the two together, you choose to follow Jesus, and the Holy Spirit comes over you, the fire of God meets the water of God and produces the rock of salvation in your life. And so, Father, we pray for both fire and water. And Father, we pray that those people who would like to be baptized, that they wouldn't wait, but they would know it's time. They would know that it's not a gimmick, but there's something deep and spiritual going on, that they're choosing to follow Jesus. Mm. They're choosing to follow Jesus. And those of us who have been baptized already, let us remember that we, our old man has been put to death, that we are a new creation, and that now our charge is to glorify the Father, but also to go out into all the earth and to baptize people and make new disciples. It doesn't have to be a priest, it doesn't have to be a pastor. It doesn't have to be an elder. It has to be a saint of the Most High God, which all of you are if you've decided to follow Jesus. So go and let us make new disciples. Amen? Amen. Why don't we all stand? We're just going to seal all of this with a, with a song. Um, feel free to stay, but we're all going to kind of move relatively quickly and go to the barbecue. And we're all going to stand on those shores and, and, and watch the baptism of Michael. Amen? Amen. Clap it up. It's boy, boys being baptized today. Come on. That's awesome. That's awesome. Angels are rejoicing. Right? Amen.